Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double-breasted black blazer from a new-to-me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style-obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman-owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to teach you how to take back your life and dare to progress towards bettering yourself, honing your gifts, and using them for good in the world. Listen in to be inspired by others who are walking the same path of self-improvement paired with self-love, and to be a part of a community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. Let me just start this episode by admitting something about myself. I am not a morning person at all. For as long as I can remember, I have always come alive at night. My parents love to tell stories about constantly finding me underneath the desk in the study in the morning or coming into my room at six in the morning and turning off the light and me just in my full clothes laying on the bed. And weirdly enough, though, I actually love waking up early and getting the day started. So I guess the hardest thing for me is getting to bed and getting enough sleep in order to wake up early. Now, if you follow me on Instagram at About Progress, you know that this has been something I've created a challenge about, the Wake Up Early Challenge. And many of you joined uh, my little community here because of that. 
So today I have a bonus episode for you with Chanel Nielsen of the Moms Who Know podcast. She is really good at creating habits that last and ones that will really serve you. And the good news is that this episode is not only helpful, it's hopeful. You can do this and Chanel will teach you why. She herself had to undo a lot of bad habits to create her own morning routine that worked for her, and she will share how you can do this in your own life. Now, since Chanel is the host of a podcast for mothers, this episode is more directed for moms, but whether or not you are a mom or a dad even, I know that you will still learn a lot from this episode. Let's turn to my time with Chanel. I have Chanel Nielsen on the show today. Hi, Chanel. Hi, Monica. So good to be here. Well, it's lovely to have you. Thank you for taking the time. Would you please introduce yourself to my listeners? Yes, definitely. So my name's Chanel. Like you said, I am the host of the Moms Who Know podcast, and that is a really fun thing. I love to be on this end every once in a while. It's so fun to be on a podcast sometimes and to get that opportunity. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Um, I Yeah, I have five kids. The oldest is 14 and the youngest is one. And so that's fun and crazy. We live in Southern California. I am a yoga instructor. I've worked as a preschool teacher. I um, am the author of a book called Parenting with Purpose. And that is me in a nutshell. Holy cow. I just learned so much more about you. I didn't know you were a yoga instructor too. Yes. Yeah, I've taught fitness for um, about 20 years, right? The year I graduated high school, I started teaching and have done that in lots of different capacities. And now I just teach a a weekly class at the park, which is so nice. We're outdoors and it's beautiful and the kids can play if people have kids and we do yoga in the park. So it's really nice. That's probably year round where you live. You know, I get people all the time telling me how full my hands are everywhere I go with even when I just had three kids, but now with four, it's almost like, like it's too much for people to handle. So I'm sure with five kids in California, people just don't know what to say. Oh, definitely. <laughs> or they but say you know too what? much. <laughs> that is definitely true. But it is so much easier on where I'm at now because I have so many helpers. So our first four kids were born in six years. And then there's a big gap between number four and number five. And so all my kids are older um, and they help so much with the baby that it's so much easier this time around. So my hands aren't even full. It's my kids' hands that are full. When we go out, they say, can I hold the baby? And I'm like, yes, you can. Go right ahead. I love that. I like to hear that how that has been a blessing for you to just have your children take part in it. And I went on a total tangent there and I apologize for it, but I just think you're a very fascinating woman. Tell us a little bit about your podcast specifically, um, what it's about and who your audience is. Okay, for sure. So Moms Who Know is really geared towards moms. Uh, Moms kind of in all walks of life, but what we focus on is taking care of the whole person. So it's when moms take care of themselves, they can take better care of everyone else. And the idea behind that is personal growth and really uh, working on bettering ourselves as people so that we can serve better in our families and in the world. 
beautiful. Um, I totally believe this and it's still hard to practice it. <laughs> it's like, I yes. know what I know, but do I practice what I know? No. And let's see how many times I can <laughs> say no. Um, <laughs> let's talk about how this applies to a morning routine. And that is something that you are an expert in and are going to share with us how a morning routine really truly can change your life and by extension, your whole family's. I need you to preach to me because I know this, but it is so hard. It is so hard. <laughs> so, yes. So tell me about it is. why is it hard for us? If we know this is the case, why is it hard for us to establish a morning routine and then keep it? So I think one of the hard things as moms is that it's always changing. You know, just when you get into the groove of you know, having your first kid, you're ready to have a second, or you get into this routine with them, they start waking up in the night again, or something happens and it's always changing. And so it feels like it can feel really impossible to stick to any kind of routine. And I remember when I was a young mom, that was super frustrating to me because I'm a person who I like organization and I like routine and you just can't have that when you have young babies. The baby years were kind of frustrating for me with my older kids because I kind of fought against that. I didn't uh, learn how to lean into it, I guess, until a little bit later on. Hmm. Um, I think that that's a big reason is we just, we need to learn to kind of go with the rhythm of our kids and recognize that things are going to change and to be okay with that. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because one, it makes me feel a lot better, (laughs) but two, (laughs) it's also practical. It's, it's, it's not about judging yourself and being harsh on yourself. It's still respecting that there are circumstances that could interfere with you being able to establish and continue a routine. And it's, and you don't want to punish your whole family. Um, for just living <laughs> and for being yeah. innocent about what is happening in their own life that might be interfering with your routine. So how about we start with those people who might be in that phase of life? What can they still do to create a morning routine then? And what might that look like for them? And then we'll contrast that with some parents who whose children might be a little older. Yeah. So first of all, I think that it's really important when you have a baby to give yourself some grace, go easy on yourself and recognize, yeah, it's going to be different. That's okay. But you can still have a very loose structure. So what I mean by that is you can say, okay, when I wake up, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to nurse the baby, right? The baby's going to wake me up. I'm going to nurse the baby. And while I'm nursing the baby, it's important to me to read something inspirational scriptures or something that's important to me that I want to further my knowledge. You can set up this idea of your day of what you want to do and still do it, but a looser parameter. So you don't have to wake up at a certain time. You don't have to read for a certain amount of minutes, but yet you can still say, set up your scriptures by your nursing chair. So you're good to go and you can read and you can do that thing every day. Exercise might look a little different, right? You can say, well, 
after I've fed the baby and changed the baby and done all those things, I'm going to put the baby in the stroller. We're going to go out for a walk. If the baby cries, it's going to be short. It has to be a very adaptable routine when you have a little boss because that's <laughs> what your baby is. <laughs> they, yes. are, they are the boss of you and they're, t- they're calling the shots. And so the sooner we recognize that, the better off we're going to be. Yeah. And a two and three year old is an even bossier boss. Um, Very true. (laughs) Okay, that is wonderful. So it's more about loose structure. I like that phrase that you said. What I see in that is you're just taking back some of those small moments that you can. um, Some semblance of this is feeding me. Um, Even if it's a minute or two, I think that does build up. Instead of just being washed to and fro with the tides of your kids, it's still putting yourself in some mindset of this moment can feed me. Yes. And something you said is really key there, a minute or two. And that is something I really focus a lot on, which is it doesn't have to be big. And sometimes when we we have these goals and we have these things we want to do and we think, well, I want to exercise and I want an exercise I want to exercise an hour a day, right? So Then when our baby cries 30 minutes into our workout, it is so frustrating because we were going to, we were gung ho and we were going to do this workout and the baby messed it up and it's just frustrating. Whereas if you say, you know what, I know my baby will sleep for 10 minutes, so I am going to do some intense you know, really heart pumping exercise for 10 minutes and then I'm going to be done. And then if the baby sleeps for a half an hour, you have 20 whole minutes to take a shower. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, things just got real good for you. So to really shrink that time, it's important for uh, habit formation. We can talk about that if you want to, but it's also really important when the baby's little to recognize that we're just setting a habit. We don't have to do it all perfectly, which is, you know, something that you are an expert at, right? We are all about progress. So it doesn't have to be this perfect thing every day. It's more important that it's consistent, that we're putting in the time we're Mm. building that habit. Okay. This is giving me so much hope. I'm telling you, Chanel, that I am one of those people that I turn on at 10 o'clock at night. I am a night owl by nature, have been, always have been. Um, But in recent years, I discovered the power of morning. And I mean, I did this early on when I was a teacher um, years ago, like eight years ago, and I did start getting up at 5, 5.30 in the morning so I could exercise before teaching. But those ebbs and flows of motherhood have put me in and out, in and out of these, of establishing that time for myself in the morning. But I'm feeling so much more hope now about it because I know that I can have some consistency in at least a semblance of a structure or those moments that I want to put in my way. And like you said, not making it so huge. Like maybe it doesn't need to be an hour before they wake up. Maybe it can be five minutes of just sitting in bed and taking a few deep breaths before you go get your kids. Definitely. And you know, that's something that I really recommend no matter what stage your kids are at, even if, you know, your mornings are a little more free and your kids are a little older or they're sleeping in and you have a little more control of your mornings. When you're starting to get into setting a morning routine, one of the things that I really recommend is to start small. Mm -hmm. And that is because 
the way that we build habits is we're building, I like to think of it as building a pathway in your brain. So you can think of a hiking trail, right? It's can start off really small at just a little, you know, path in the dirt, but as more people walk on it, or as you walk on the same path every day, you're going to build this path and it's going to get a little wider. It's going to get a little deeper and you're going to really be able to see that path. Well, the same thing happens in our brain and it doesn't have to happen because we were doing something big. It happens because we're doing something consistently. And so when we can consistently do the things that we want to do in the morning, we're creating those neural pathways so that then every morning when we wake up and we roll out of bed, we know like, oh, I rolled out of bed. It's time to say my prayers. I rolled out of bed. It's time to do my meditation. Whatever it is that you want to do, it becomes a part of your morning by consistently doing it. And the way we make it consistent is to take a step back and make it simpler and easier and smaller than we want to do it, which is kind of counterintuitive, right? We want to do, we want to go big, but if we want to stick to it, we really need to go small and consistent, and then we can slowly build that habit. So maybe it'd be a good place to start um, making a list of what you want to aspire to. You know, I want to wake up at this time. I want to do these activities. Um, And then scaling it way back or like cutting in half what you're actually going to start with or even less than that, less than half. What, What would you say to that? Is that even a good place to start? Yeah. So I think that that is a good place to start. What I, I would recommend, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter how many items you have in your morning routine. I mean, you don't want 50 obviously, but (laughs) there's, you know, you could do quite a few, but whatever those are, you want to shrink them. So a quick example, um, Greg McEwen in the book essentialism Mm. talks about his habit of journaling. Do you know that book? I'm hearing about it all over the place. Like it's been knocked over my head. Like I need to read this book. Such a good book. Definitely a must read. Um, So he talks about, he's a journaler and he journals every day. And to get in the habit of journaling, he started writing less than he wanted to every single day. So the first day, instead of journaling a whole page or two pages, because he had things to say and he wanted to write it down, he stopped before he was ready to be done. And he only wrote a few lines. And what that does in your mind is it sets you up to want to do more the next day. And so the next day he, he continued to write and he did it again. Now, if we do it the other way and the first day we write two pages and we're like, yes, I'm on fire. I'm a journaler. The next day, what happens? Well, we we're still excited and we write maybe a page. And then the next night, maybe we're like, oh my gosh, journaling takes so long. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Right. So we, we kind of diminishing returns where we want the opposite. We want to keep that excitement and that comes from stopping before we're ready to stop. So we don't, so if that answers your question, I I hope that we don't necessarily have to have less total items in our morning. If there are 10 things that you want to do every morning, you know, provided that you have the time, then you can probably do those, but make them smaller than what you hope they end up to be. Okay. That is so awesome. All right. What about a mom whose kids might be um, a little later on in life? How does a morning routine look for them versus maybe some parents with young kids? 
Yeah, so that is kind of me right now. My kids, I do have the one-year-old, but I have a lot of help with him, and so I'm still able to kind of have my own morning, which is so nice. And so what that looks like for me is I really get to structure, depending on when I wake up, right? I like to have the first hour to hour and a half doing the things I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so um, I really have that planned and the kids know, you know, if I'm in the office with the door shut, this is where I do yoga. I have a yoga mat. I put the YouTube video on the computer and I do yoga here alone in this room. And then I, I read and I have all these things that I do in quiet. It's wonderful. And when I am done, I'm super refreshed and ready to go. So do you want to kind of hear what, yes. what my morning routine entails? Okay. So, um, I, first get out of bed. I say my prayers. I come into the office. I do yoga. Now I do yoga for a minimum of five minutes. Sometimes it's only five minutes. If I have a busy morning or for some reason didn't sleep well or whatever, it's only five minutes. And then I say, yay, I did my mm. yoga. I no guilt about that. Five minutes is fine. Up to uh, a half an hour for my personal yoga practice. Then I do a couple minutes of meditation, usually no more than five after that. And then I journal for, again, just a few minutes. I keep those pretty small. Those are newer. You know why? It's because those are newer additions to my morning routine. The mm. meditation and the journaling are new things that I've added. And so I'm following that you know, prescription is to keep it small. So those are still tiny ones. Then I, after that, I read, uh, I read scriptures and uh, other inspirational things that I want to read and I continue to journal throughout that process so that I'm reading and also processing and learning that information. Then I go into the kitchen. I have the same thing for breakfast every morning. That is part of my routine and I love it because it gets me started uh, on a healthy note and that is I have Greek yogurt and I have a whole things that I mix in it that I really love. And then I have a green smoothie with tons and tons of spinach in there. And then my kids start waking up by that point and I get them breakfast and, and we go on our day. And I have a few other things in my morning routine for cleaning the house. Uh, just a few things I do every morning. I have a few things that I do to get the kids going and situated on their morning. But that is my basic morning routine. So I think many people might hear this and just be like, I'm the worst ever. I don't do any of this. And I don't even know where to start. It might seem over more overwhelming, but I wanted I want to just point out something about all of what you just said and that this is a structure, but what it's missing is an all or nothing mindset. You still don't yes. have a I must do a huge amount of certain things to get there. Even a minute of one of those activities is enough for you. That's you checking off the box. And so I think that's the mindset we need to carry. Like you've been telling us, this is the mindset we need to carry into establishing our own and what someone else's um, routine might be that will fit their needs better will not look like yours or mine. However, okay, so now teach us, <laughs> teach us how to start this. If what you just said is all super overwhelming and we just don't even know where to begin. 
Yes. Okay. So first of all, I should back up and tell you when I started my morning routine, which was my fourth baby was a couple years old and my oldest daughter. So six years between the, the first four, right? Mm-hmm. So right where you are, Monica, yeah. just four kids, totally. really young, really tough. And I was about to have a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. It was just so hard all the time. And kids on me all the time, you know, nursing a baby. I had a baby, I had a toddler and I had a preschooler and a elementary schooler. And I was exhausted all the time. And I just felt angry and stressed. Mm -hmm. And I was not my best self Mm -hmm. at that point in my life. And it wasn't even huge. It was subtle, but I, I wasn't, I just wasn't my best self. I was reacting Mm -hmm. to a lot of the situation around me and I didn't like that. And so I took a step back and I said, I, it's time. Like I need to take some time for myself. How can I make this happen? And so the very first thing that I started in my morning routine was to have yoga. And because our kids were kind of young, I had toddlers, I had to, um, make sure that my husband was on board or I got up before any of the kids got up, you know, so he helped out with that so that he had the kids for a little bit in the morning and I could come and I could do my yoga. And it started out very small. And because I'm in a different situation in life, I've been able to add things on. But I think that, you know, you start where you are and you start with what you need. So it really, for me, I needed that peace of mind. I needed that quiet. I needed that alone time. Those things were things I wasn't getting. And so I could recognize that and say, okay, that's what I'm lacking in my life. And that is what I really need to start with. So I think that that's where it starts to say, okay, what am I, what is my need? And it might be something totally different for someone else. Someone might work at a desk job, right? And they might say, I am really lacking movement. And if I could just start my day with a little run around the block, it would make my day go so much better. I would feel so much better. And so I think that that's one key is to start with where you're feeling that lack the most and then to let that be enough until you're ready to add on the next thing. So really, you know, rather than like having this be a big thing, okay, I'm going to start with this morning routine. You start with what you need and you can slowly add on from there and just letting yourself be okay with that, with wherever you are. So how can this all or nothing thinking hurt the, pro- the progress of establishing a morning routine? If someone is looking at this and thinking that they, you know, they have to start at where they want to end up in a few years, how is that going to hurt it? Yes. Okay. That's such a good question because I think that that is one of the major pitfalls, right? We, we try to do too much. And so it goes back to this concept of starting small, doing less than you want to do, because if you, if you do everything, if you do it all, if you try to do it all, you are setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. You really are. No Mm -hmm. one can do it all. And so the more we allow ourselves to start tiny, like tiny. Okay. So BJ Fogg, you may have heard of him. He is a researcher out of Stanford and he does a, a great YouTube talk on tiny habits. He talks about the tiniest habits are the easiest ones to keep because we don't have to use motivation 
to get there. And so for an example, he talks about uh, a habit. He wanted to get in the habit of brushing his teeth and or flossing his teeth. Hopefully he was already brushing. Yeah. So he wanted the habit of flossing his teeth every night. So what he decided to do is to floss one tooth every night. Well, that almost sounds comical, right? Like you're going to get off the floss and just floss one tooth. But because he kept it so small, he didn't have to have motivation to do it. And that's huge because we don't want to have to rely on motivation to get things done because we all have been there. Like you don't, if you don't want to do something, you don't want to do it. You don't want to have to psych yourself up to do these things. But if it's that small, if it's that tiny, a tiny habit, those are the habits that stick. So we can get away from that all or nothing mentality by letting ourselves say the tiniest thing is enough. So for example, if I floss one tooth, that's enough. That's totally enough. And I can check that off my list. I can, you know, have a sense of accomplishment because that was all that I had to do. And so you feel a lot better and a lot more sense of accomplishment when you do that. And so I really think that helps with that all or nothing mentality because you were able to do it. You were able to get it done and there's not as much holding you back. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love that. So you can still kind of have the um, all or nothing thinking, but scale it way, 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 way down. Um, there's a book that I've been reading. The book I've been reading is called The One Thing. And it's by Gary Keller with Jay Papasan. And they talk about how willpower, willpower um, is like a reservoir. And the, we only have so much of it. Like science shows that. So if we're only relying on willpower to to establish these huge habits, we like at a certain point in the day, that reservoir is gone. So if we're using all our willpower to get up at five, because that's our new goal instead of seven, then by like noon, it's all gone. And we're going to yes. slack on our other habits. So that's why using our reservoir carefully of cultivating these habits, like you're saying, small, starting tiny and building on them gradually. Once those small parts become habits, then your reservoir isn't, isn't, um, isn't gone. You're, you still have enough there to maintain you through the whole day of, you know, a series of habits that you have been carefully cultivating. So I love that. You tied that right into what I'm reading. Yeah, that is a book that I keep hearing about that I need yeah. to read. Um, I definitely want to read that one. Now, I I love that you mentioned that willpower thing because one of the things that's really powerful in setting up a morning routine is the routine aspect of it, that we go from habit to habit without having to think think things through. Mm. And why that's so powerful is because we aren't using up our willpower. When we have these pathways in our brain and we've set up these routines, then we just go. We just are on autopilot and we're not having to make these decisions. So we aren't using up that willpower. So we have the first depending on how you set it up, half an hour to, you know, two hours of our day with very few decisions to make. They are already made and they're made to make us succeed for the day. We we win the day when we have that morning routine already set of things we want to do. It's almost like the autopilot. So maybe I think for me, maybe other people like me, um, my goal is to eventually get back to waking up at 530 
And right now, as, as we've talked about, like I have a, a young baby who's just turned four months old and three other really young kids and we're still totally exhausted. And I'm up at night cause that's when I turn on and I'm, I'm trying to just set the clock to I'm six thirty is my goal instead of five thirty, And that's just it. I don't care about what I'm doing right now, because if I'm telling myself at six thirty I will be getting up, making my bed, praying, reading my scriptures, exercising. Like if I'm trying to do all those steps right now, all I'm worrying about is starting at an earlier time than I actually want. And just worrying about getting that happen in place first. Is that a good way to start? Or am I totally off base here? No, definitely. I mean, that's perfect. And then, like you said, to slowly build on is perfect. So you start with that. And then, you know, for me, I feel like even with a four month old, to even give yourself some grace there, right? Like it's good to get up early, but some days if your baby was up so much in the night, then maybe that's not the most important thing. And maybe the most important thing is sleep. And so I Mm -hmm. think that it also comes down to just really understanding what the most important need is. Cause sometimes, yes, it's going to be to get up and to have a routine. And that's something obviously I'm passionate about and I feel like is really important, but sometimes it's going to be sleep. And so to recognize where you're at, but yeah, that is a good way to start. So, okay. You know, so whenever things are in a better routine, the baby's sleeping, yes, then we're starting getting up at six 30 and then that becomes like the new normal. And then we say, okay, I'm awake at 630. I'm ready to go. What do I want to do first? And then we can add that in slowly as we go along. So to slowly add to that routine is definitely a great way to do it. Well, not only is this so helpful, like I said earlier, it's, it's hopeful. I I feel more like, oh, okay, I can do this. This isn't as intimidating as I imagined it would be. Now you mentioned, you know, taking what's most important in mind, I'm sure there are many people who are listening who truly can't do this before their kids are awake. How can their morning routine look? How can they still have a morning routine with their family awake with them? I mean, there might be a whole number of circumstances why, but what can that still look like for them? Okay. I I think there's so many ways to make what's important to you happen. Now, sometimes that's hard. Like if your need is for alone time and your husband leaves for work early or your single mom and for whatever reason you can't get that, then that can be really hard. And maybe it needs to come later in your day and be aware of that. But, um, I think that, you know, sometimes we can be really adaptable. So, I used to, my kids would wake up while I was reading my scriptures. And even while they were pretty young, I would, they'd come and snuggle up next to me and then they'd try to talk and I'd say, shh, (laughs) you know, just like train them. This is mom's quiet time. I'm reading. I didn't exactly have alone time. Uh, they were right there next to me and sometimes they would, would interrupt, but slowly over time, I trained them that this is mom's, you know, reading time and I'm not going to talk to you right now. And, uh, I guess, you know, even though it wasn't perfect, 
I was still able to get that in. Mm. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, putting your kids in the stroller to go walking, swapping with friends is another great one. Like, okay, exercise is important to me. My kids just aren't letting me do it. You watch my kids for 20 minutes. I'll watch your kids for 20 minutes. Let's, let's bust this out. I mean, there are definitely ways and sometimes it's going to take a little more, um, adapting and a little more help. And that's another thing, right? To be able to ask for help. And so many people are willing to help. And when we put ourselves out there and when people know that people usually jump in and want to help us, it's just the asking. That's the hard part. I love that you brought that in because that's something I wouldn't have thought of, but it's such an obvious answer to seek help when you need it, even if it's a neighbor. And I love that idea to trade. And I like that you even made it just 20 minutes because how overwhelming is it to know that you have like an additional, you know, two to four children under your belt for another hour um, to exchange off of. So that is once again, buildable. You're so good at that Chanel. Okay. So this is, this has been really helpful. I want to know before we let you go, why? Why is this worth doing? What effects do people see in their lives when they're establishing um, a routine, regardless of when and how it looks like? But once it's established, um, what can they look forward to? Okay, I have feel just such a difference from having a morning routine and not having a morning routine. And the reason why is because if you structure your morning routine right with the things that you need and the things that are important to you, you're making those things happen every day. I bet there are things for all of us that we're like, oh gosh, I should do that. You know, you you go to church and they say, oh yeah, I ought to do this. You know, you Mm -hmm. ought to read your scriptures. You ought to do family history or whatever, whatever things you're hearing at church or at the PTA meeting or wherever you are. And you think, oh, I would really love to do that. But when you are consistent about those things, there is power in that. And you feel that success and that capability because you're already doing it. And so when you feel that you're better throughout your entire day. So your mornings really set the tone. And when you feel like I got this, I did the thing that was most important. Even the title of that book that you mentioned, the one thing, right? Mm -hmm. This is the one thing that's most important to me and I did it. And now like, what else can I do today? Bring it on Mm -hmm. because I already got this out of the way and I am ready to rock and roll. I love the trickle down effect that feeling can take that confidence. Chanel, this has been amazing. I definitely think people need to check out your podcast. I love your podcast. You are an incredible host. You ask really good questions. And not only on top of that, you have an amazing radio voice. <laughs> like you're, you were made oh, for you. this. So it's Moms Who Know, and I'll make sure to connect um, that in my show notes as well. Before we go, can you answer the final question I ask each guest? And it's, what have you learned about yourself the past few years? Okay. So in the past few years, I have started a podcast and I've written a book and I've had a wonderful surprise baby. All these things that I never thought would happen necessarily in my life. And I've learned that I am capable of so much more than I thought I was. I've learned that the only thing really that was holding me back was me. I It's been really awesome to see as I've kind of let go of 
you know, these preconceived notions of what I'm able to do and just keep trying things and putting myself out there, nothing is holding us back except for us. And so that's been a huge lesson for me. And so after trying new things, it's helped me to try more and more new things and more opportunities keep coming up. And I just look around and think, wow, this is my life. This is awesome. I, I was saying the other day, I was talking to my husband about uh, Dorothy and her red slippers and how it was in her all along, right? She didn't need the, the wizard at the end. She had it in her all along. And I feel like that's what's happened to me as I've recognized what is in me and what power and capability I have. And so I want everyone to feel like that. And that comes from trying, putting yourself out there and just making a go of it, failing along the way and, and seeing awesome things start to happen. Chanel, I think you just totally summed up my mission behind this podcast and the message that I want all of my listeners to have in their lives. And it's that I can't, I couldn't word it better. And I'm glad that you've seen that in your own life. I know I have in mine and I hope people take a leap and just believe that what's within them is, is already what they want is already within them and that they can achieve it. Thank you so much for being on the show and you are so powerful and good at what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Monica. It's been fun talking to you. There really is no greater feeling like everyday feeling than getting up early and getting things done. Even just filling your cup as a mom is so necessary for me to function in a way that's actually going to serve my family better. So since I've started this wake up challenge and I've been following these tips that Chanel and I talked about, I have definitely made a lot of progress. I've always had some high highs and low lows with these morning routine things and getting up early. But getting back on the bandwagon really does make a huge difference. So I hope you join us in this challenge and that this episode was helpful for you. I have some great news because Chanel has a free resource for those of you who are like me and need all the help you can get. I have linked to that in my show notes for you and you can find my show notes on my website aboutprogress.com. I just want to take a quick minute here and thank you so much for being here for coming back every Wednesday and occasionally on Fridays to hear what I have to share with you, with these guests who, who give their heart and soul on the show. You mean so much to me. This has really been everything to me, this little show of mine. So that's it. <laughs> Just a quick thank you. Next Wednesday, you guys, I have an incredible interview for you with Jody Moore of Better Than Happy. She used to go as Bold New Mom, and I'm sure you've heard of her. We have a fantastic conversation on how to stop apologizing. If you know Jody, you know she will definitely preach. I hope you come back to listen to that one next Wednesday. And until then, take care of yourself. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.